Good morning. Good morning. We uh, are thankful to be here. I hope that you continue to pray for me. Uh, amen. What's going before? And my thoughts actually are uh, very similar to what my brother has brought forth. Now, I promise I did not coordinate this with him. There's no, you know, coordination that went on. We have not talked about it at all. Um, we've talked, but not about that. But I hope that this is a God thing, Amen. that this has happened, that the Lord will use uh, what's on my mind in a cor- and fit in very well with what we've heard so ably preached before us. And uh, so pray to that end. But my thoughts are slightly similar, although certainly right in the same line uh, of biblical thought. We're going to try to speak on praying for salvation. Praying for salvation. Turn with me, if you will, to the 56th Psalm. 56th Psalm. As I turn there myself, perhaps that might sound uh, different to us as old Baptists, the idea of praying for salvation. What I hope to bring forth is that that is something we should be engaged in on a constant basis. Psalm 56, we're going to begin reading in verse 10. In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt thou deliver my feet from falling? That I may walk before God in the light of the living. In verse 13, David writes, For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Then follows it up with a question. Wilt thou not deliver... My feet from falling, that I may walk before God. <clears throat> now we know from studying the scriptures that a deliverance is what? A salvation. Thank you. <clears throat> to be saved is to be delivered, and to be delivered is to be saved. They're synonymous. So here we have David writing, for thou hast, that he's of a salvation he's already experienced. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, and then a, a plead, uh, a, a um, crying out to God, wilt thou deliver my feet from falling? Before we rock a little bit more on that, I want to go back and take some of the verses before this and set this context up. Verse 10, in God will I praise his word, in the Lord will I praise his word. And then in verse 12, thy vows are upon me, O God, I will render praises unto thee. If you read up, if you have a Bible with uh, some of the historical footnotes of the Psalms, you'll see that it says, a Psalm of David to the chief musician when the Philistines took him in Gath. Okay. 
This is a period in David's life in which he is burdened. He is distressed. He probably has a tendency to be overwhelmed with the things that he's going through. His life is sought by King Saul. He's already tried to kill him on several occasions and he's fleeing from him. And as he's fleeing, he goes to the Philistinian town of Gath. You know that from the Bible, that was the giant Goliath that's intertwined with David's history in the scriptures, his hometown. And as he's there, the uh, Philistines recognize him. Is this not warrior David that they're talking, they've sung about, has slain his ten thousands? And so he's in peril even there. And as he's fleeing from peril, he gets into more peril. It's an interesting part of the scriptures that uh, while he's there and in, uh, as a prisoner of the Philistines, he gets the idea to try to do a deceptive trick, make them think he's crazy. I mean, he gets to the point where he's clawing up the doors, you know, making marks on them and foaming at the mouth and drool going all over his beard. And then the king eventually kisses his servants, why have you brought me this madman? Don't you know he's crazy? And he gets out of that uh, in that way. Tells me David's a very smart man also, as well as um, his spiritual gifts. But So he's writing this. He says, And when the Philistines took him in Gath, he's fleeing from Saul. Now he's having his life endangered in this scenario. What does he say? And God will I praise his word. And I will go on and say I will render praises unto him. In this low points of his life, his mind is about praising God. That's what he's thinking about. That he wants to worship God. That he wants to fellowship with the Lord. His mind is in God's sanctuary. <clears throat> what a place that we would desire to be. You know, some of the greatest compositions, hymns, that we find in Christian history happened when people were at the lowest point of their life. Thomas Dorsey, the man who wrote that uh, song, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. That happened when he, or in the aftermath, rather, of when he uh, had lost his wife delivering their child. He was away. He didn't feel good about going, but he uh, was burdened about it, but he went anyway because he was being committed to play at a special a revival or a meeting there amongst the people that he belonged to. And he got the telegram. This is the days before cell phones and all of that, that your wife has died. And not only that, soon after that, after he got back, the child died as well. And then he was at his lowest point in grief, and he came to the, I think it was a hall there, and he just sat down at the piano, and the Lord <laughs> gave him those words. And then Horatio Spafford, who wrote the, Song, It Is Well With My Soul, an even more tragic story. I mean, he was a very successful businessman. Chicago had a great fire in 1871, wiped out a large part of that growing town, and he lost a fortune. He's facing financial ruin. Not only that, he uh, had lost a child to scarlet fever long before that. And it gets way worse than that. I mean, Shades of Job from the Bible in the aftermath of this, the family said, we, we hope we need a vacation, so we'll go to Europe. And he sends his wife and four daughters on an ocean steamer ahead of him, and he would join them, and it sank. 
The four daughters died, only his wife survived. And that, and from that heartbreak came those powerful words, it is well with my soul. When so, even though when sorrows are rolling over him like billows, it is well with my soul. Well, here we have David in the midst of this time in his life. He's thinking about praising God and worshiping God. May we be, have that same attitude. If I had, if I was going through this, I would trust my, my heart would be there, but I know myself and I very likely would not be if the Lord didn't strengthen me. <clears throat> You know, there's a lot of paradoxes within Christianity. In fact, one can be said it's a faith of paradoxes. The way up is down. The way to be exalted is to humble yourself before God. The way down is up is to be lifted up with your pride. The way to keep is to give away. The Bible tells us to cast our bread upon the waters. And you'll find it after many days. It also tells us there's that that scattereth and yet increaseth. But there's that that withholdeth more than it is meat, greedily, selfishly, and it tendeth to poverty. And Paul tells us that when I am weak, then I am strong. And we can see that in these Christian disciples. We can see it in David here. He's a frail man. He was a great man, but he was a frail man. He was prone to the same mistakes that every human being is. We see that in his life. He is praying this here, that he would be delivered from falling. This same man, as great as he was, there was a point in which his life in which he lost focus. He caught, he, the devil caught him in an idle moment. Caught him in a moment of weakness. And what did it lead to? Adultery, murder, loss of children, war and chaos throughout the rest of his life. <clears throat> but still, in these periods of his life, we see his devotion. Psalm 63 here. When he was in the wilderness of Judah, in, uh, similar, in a, uh, at the same time in his life, Thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Afraid for life, he wants to see God high and lifted up. So, here we have David. He's been, he's fleeing from Saul. He's been a prisoner of the Philistines. His life is in danger on every hand. His thoughts are still to be a better disciple. Be a better disciple of his Lord. <clears throat> the thing that differentiates, differentiates Old Baptist, perhaps from any other Christian professed group, is this. We draw distinctions between sonship and discipleship. We understand that there's a distinct teaching between eternal salvation by the precious blood of our Lord and Savior and a salvation in time through obedience to his word. That's what David here 
is praying for, as thou hast delivered my soul from death. Our soul has been delivered from death. Our soul has been delivered from death. People talk a lot about fairness in religion, right? Fairness. The only fairness with God would be to send all mankind to the lake of fire. Anything beyond that is mercy and grace. Anybody that ends up with God, it's because of mercy and grace. Thank goodness. Do you want fairness? Do you want justice? Because that's really what you're talking about when you talk about unfair, right? It's unjust. There's some unjustness that's going on. And many things certainly are unjust, right, in this world that are unfair. So no doubt. But I don't want that. I want mercy and grace. Thankfully, thankfully, that's what the Bible tells us. As thou hast delivered my soul from death. We've been delivered from death. But... There's a deliverance, there's a salvation, as we've already said before, that's distinct and separate in, in, in some ways from that. It's not distinct and separate in that you have one without the other. That's not what I mean, obviously. Uh, to have the salvation that he's praying for, you've got to have the first, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified that purchased that on our behalf. He spoke life into the soul. He's drawn his child to himself into a vital uh, vital relationship through the gift of the Holy Spirit. You've got to have that to be delivered from falling. To be delivered from this, we've already heard it uh, read to us, to be saved from this untoward generation, both then and now. What are we to be delivered from? Well, let's just look at the characteristics that define our generation. No, a lot of people without any fixed principles by which to guide their values, their decisions, their behavior, their philosophies of life. People don't care any, who won't think twice about <clears throat> um, swindling people, <laughs> fleecing people, ripping people off, lying to your face. Being undependable in their activities. What their guide is many times is what is popular at the moment. What everybody else thinks is the thing to do. Whether or not it's just and right and certainly godly. So certainly there's a delivering we need from from those attitudes and of course many more. We need a delivering from false doctrine. Right. We need a delivering from the temptations of the devil. Right. So that's why I say, when I say praying for salvation, this is what David is doing. Right. And I say it's something we need to do yeah. every day. Maybe. And if you have a thought in that terms... Uh, perhaps before that, then I hope these thoughts will spur your minds to do that. To stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. You know, one of the... there's There's a lot of mysteries in the Word of God. 
God's providence. Wonderful Bible doctrine, but also a great mystery. We know the Lord is not the catalyst instrument of all that goes on. Vast amounts of things go on that have nothing to do with God. The depravity of man's heart and just in general the curse of sin in this world. You know, diseases and those sort of things. Accidents that result in death and dismemberment and tragedy. But yet we know at the same time God is on the throne. God is sovereign over all. The weather, the... Being able to intervene when death seems imminent. And we know that tragedy strikes and sorrow comes about on those who are innocent sometimes. Because we have a sin-cursed world. And God, as the sovereign... He doesn't bring about anything that is because of sin. But we know, though, that he does use things. He does bring about good from things. That's a whole lot different than being the um, robotic controller of people in human history, right? If there's a plan behind every tragedy and every sorrow, that's not what the Bible teaches. But the Bible does teach when people, when some people do this for their own vanity, God can come in and bring this blessing out of it as bad as that is. I don't understand all the intricacies of that, no, nor, nor does anybody else. But we trust in that, don't we? We trust in that. We teach that people to lay that hold to their a hold of that in their heart and comfort them that God is in control. Now, you know, another thing that is a mystery is, you know, to what degree does God help us and strengthen us to obey, and how much is our own will? If you answer that <laughs> affirmatively, you've got more insight than me. <clears throat> Here, David prays to God, wilt thou deliver my feet from falling? But yet, at the same time, if he's to, his feet are delivered from falling, it'll be David's obedience that does that. You know, if God wanted everybody to do everything he said, he could not make that happen. He doesn't do that. In fact, many of God's children, as we know, right... The deliverance we're talking about this morning, they won't experience it. They'll go astray. Or they might not go astray for a while, but they'll eventually go astray. David is a good example of that. Throughout most of his life, right? A man after God's own heart. But there was a time in his life, as we've already referenced, he let his guard down and he fell in a major way. And it didn't just affect him, it affected many other people. And for many, many years. You know, we're told in uh, the book of Philippians chapter 2 to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God that worketh in us both to will and to do, but he doesn't make us do it. 
As we look out various teachings of the Bible, we see things like the parable of the sower. There's a lot of variance in how people end up in their obedience and thus their deliverance. They're saving from this world. And the pitfalls of this world, that's really what we're talking about, right? <clears throat> the pitfalls and destruction that come from following, not following God, but following the world. You know, we've got some that there's very little ever observed, but they're still children of God. We've got some that, you know, there's a little more and more, but they get offended and they, you know, don't hear much from them anymore. You've got others that are very faithful, but then gradually... This distraction and this thing in their life, you know, can become a, an idol and just gradually take their focus off the God, off God, and their fruit bearing fades and fades away. So, the experiences of God's children are all different, but ultimately, it's of course our obedience. That plays a large role in this. But I can tell you this. I don't understand all those mysteries. Here's one thing I do know. <clears throat> Without God strengthening us, it won't happen. Without God strengthening us, it will not happen. God doesn't make us do it. God doesn't control our behavior. We've already established that. But without God strengthening us and empowering us, and providentially, I would say, delivering us in the midst of our temptation, it won't happen. That's why David is praying, without, not, without deliver my feet from falling. <clears throat> we need to pray for the Lord to strengthen us. Amen. To burden our heart in a way that we can't ignore. <laughs> right. That we would not turn aside from the way, ways of God. To deliver my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of the living. We need the light of God's word to deliver us from slipping into darkness. As the God's, as, as, you know, we're told many times throughout the scripture. God's word is our light. (laughs) It's our light. It illuminates our pathway. We should hide it in our heart that we would not sin before God. <clears throat> you know, we, I, if you don't think in those terms, or maybe have it before I pray that you would. Amen. That you, we're saved, but we need to pray for salvation. We've been delivered from the ultimate curse of death and sin, but we need to pray for deliverance. Amen. You know, <clears throat> I, in some ways I haven't had the best week. I would just as soon have somebody else preach to me today. But we need to continually pray. The same Lord has saved our soul from death. Will save us from falling. That he would strengthen us, burden us, guide our hearts, and that we would adhere to that. You know, that we would pray for that every day. And you know there's another deliverance, timely deliverance. In deliverance in time, um, we think of time salvation in the sense of conversion and discipleship and obedience. You know something else we need salvation, we need to pray for daily? That the Lord would deliver us from, providentially, from the dangers that we face. You know, I'm sitting at home sometimes drinking my coffee in the mornings. 
and I hear the sirens <laughs> and the fire trucks going down the highway. I live just off a major highway, and you know, and then you know, I'm just like, perhaps somebody's had a wreck, and you know, and there's a lot of accidents. Um, more than ever, right? We've got more distracted people than ever, and yet, of course, there's always been that danger. Um, we need to pray that the Lord would deliver us, deliver us from the chaos and the tragedy, the random accidents of this world, this sin-cursed world and the death and sorrow that results from diseases and illness and cancers. I try to pray every morning that my children and my wife would drive safe, get there safely and get back, that we not, that they not be encountered some crazy madman and evil people and they're set on doing them harm. I pray that we do the same thing. We would pray for the deliverance of the Lord. May the Lord bless you.